Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. All right, all right. You go ahead and have a seat. You can have a seat right now. Have a seat. They may be passing those offering containers as we speak. We'll let those get to the very end. Thank you, team, for leading us today. And uh, anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Okay. That was decent, but I said, is there anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Yeah, that's good. That's good. I love that so much. I'm so honored that you're here. And we're kicking off a brand new series we're calling Dangerous Prayers, as you just saw on the rolling video just a second ago. And I want to tell you guys really quickly, again, today is Kids Move Up Day. Had a great day celebrating our kiddos moving up in the next grade uh, as they're, they're moving and uh, kind of shifting classes in the back. And uh, just really thankful for all of our team. Ren, thankful for you. Uh, and really glad that you're here. And I want to tell you at the end of service today, we're going to be taking communion together. Uh, and this is the thing that we get a chance just to remember what Jesus has done together. We're going to sing another worship song together. Uh, and we're going to take communion. As we kick off 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're going to do that together, taking communion together. It's going to be a great day. I'm excited that you're here. So thankful for you and your family. And uh, I, I want to just share with you today, we're starting this series called Dangerous Prayers. And it's based off of a book of a pastor that I have so much respect for. And I want to honor so much. His name is Pastor Craig Rochelle. And uh, he leads the largest church in America, Life Church. And it's an incredible church. But he wrote this book called Dangerous Prayers. And as I was reading this, they also did a series a few years ago um, that was literally going through the book, but then also he added a couple prayers onto it. There are some dangerous prayers that you, and that almost sounds oxymoronic, doesn't it? Like a dangerous prayer. Well, we're going to talk about that today, and I want to just share with you that some of the stuff I'm going to give you over the next couple weeks, man, it meant so much to me as I was listening to it, as I was digesting it, as I was taking it in. A lot of these things I'm going to share with you, Pastor Craig had originally spoken, and so I'm going to just share it from my heart, my, my, my salt and pepper, and just kind of give this to you because I think God is really challenging us right now in this season. I look around and it is a full room already and school ain't even got kicked back off just yet. So it's going to be awesome over the next couple weeks as we dive into this idea of praying some dangerous prayers. But I want to, I want to ask really quick, I want this to all skate. So I want everybody to participate. I want you to answer this idea out there. How many of you grew up, you were raised around people who just knew how to pray? Come on, anybody out there? All right, good. I'll be honest, and, and I said this uh, in the first service, I had parents that, that were praying over me, uh, and people praying over my family as a little kid, even when I had leukemia, uh, I, like there was all kinds of people praying, and I, I just gave my grandparents a shout out, uh, Grandma Joyce and Grandpa Rex are some praying machines, and they watch every single week, and so I just love my grandparents so much, and so I'm really thankful that they have their church, and then they watch uh, their grandson be able to preach, and, and uh, I just love them, because they've been praying for years for your boy. All right, and I'm just really thankful for that. How many of y'all had a praying grandmama, praying mama, somebody like that, praying granddaddy in your life? Yeah, I think a lot of us probably have. Maybe maybe not so much for some of us. And this idea, I want to ask too, how, how many of y'all, uh, as heathen as your family is, all right, 
How many of y'all still prayed over the food? Come on, somebody, right? I think all that's a, I think all of us can really like like we've got pockets of our family that are real good prayers, and then we got pockets of our family that are heathens. Come on, somebody, right? And yes, we we cuss and fight and fuss and slap and yell and scream, and, and now everybody let's bow our heads and bless this food. Come on, somebody, right? It happens. You've been there. Like you got family that does the exact same thing, and I think about that, and and uh, I, I don't know about you, what you grew up with this idea of prayer, what it looks like for you. But for me, a lot of times growing up, and I was, a, I was a youth pastor's kid, so like I grew up in church, but like for me, a lot of times I felt like I was no good at praying, right? Uh, first of all, your boy, just so you know, has ADHD, and that does not like shut off whenever I start praying, okay? Like, like I have prayer ADHD. Anybody ever been there, right? You start praying, and you're in it, and then two minutes into it, you're like, oh crap, I forgot the milk. Come on, somebody, right? That's what happens to me a lot. Like, I'll, I'll be praying, and the next thing I know, my mind is jumping here, going there. And I remember that all growing up. It's kind of the same way. still happens to me today uh, a whole lot of times. But then I remember also growing up, again, I told you I was a, a youth pastor's kid. I remember growing up in, like, weird youth group, right? Like, weird youth group. Uh, but, like, weird youth group because at the end of every time that we got together, we gathered in a circle, and we held hands, and we had a prayer circle. How many of y'all know nothing will test your spirituality like a prayer circle? Come on, somebody, right? Like, oh my gosh, I remember like getting, like my, I remember like my hands were sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy, like I remember that. That was the prayer circle for me, okay? Like wasn't Eminem's lyric, it was a prayer circle, all right? Um, and, and I remember being around, like I would always get placed literally right next to what I, I would call a professional prayer, right? Like somebody that just, boy, they use Bible verses in their prayer. How I many you know do you get bonus points with God if you use a Bible verse in your prayer? Right, or, or if the fact that they'll say, like, if somebody in the circle as you're praying says, mm, yes, Lord. Like, if somebody says that about your prayer, you a good prayer, all right? <laughs> and I remember being, like, like, right next to somebody every time, and I would just be like this. I'd be like, so, and, and if you know anything about it, like, you'd be, in hand, you'd be holding hands, and when you're done praying, you squeeze a person's hand next to you. How many of y'all did this? That's what I did. <laughs> I find myself squeezing. This, my hand got squeezed. I'm squeezing the next one. Like, I've ran out of material. Everybody else has already prayed it all. I ain't got nothing else, right? And so I think about that, and I think, okay, that's what a lot of us, our context of prayer is, right? And I think maybe some of the other context of prayer that we find ourselves in is the fact that you and I, probably as we're praying, uh, when we're kiddos, we're teaching our kids, you know, like, great prayers, great prayers to pray with your kids. But a lot of times, I think, if, I, if we're being honest, a lot of times those prayers are really safe. They're really guarded. Uh, I think about, you know, obviously, um, uh, God is good. God is great. Thank you for this plate. Amen, right? Or, or maybe some of you guys have prayed as you're circling the Walmart or the Kroger's. Yes, with an S. Kroger's parking lot. And you're praying in favor of the Lord that you will find a spot close to the front. Come on, how many of y'all have prayed that lately? All right, I think a lot of us have. But I want, I want to challenge us because I think that's the problem that you and I are facing a lot of times is that our prayers are not dangerous enough. I think they're too safe. I think they're too mundane. I think they're too predictable. God bless his food. Lord, be with me. And those are good prayers. But I'm going to ask you, as we step into this season of 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church, as we step into this season of dangerous prayers, would you begin to pray some dangerous prayers? We're going to look at three of them over the next couple of weeks. I'll give you the title and the prayer in just a few minutes as we get there. But I kind of want to set up where we're going today. Kind of a little bit of context for what we're going to be reading and talking through. And how this prayer of, the, of some guys in the Bible, they did some crazy stuff for Jesus. And I just believe if you'll be dangerous enough to pray some of the prayers we're talking about over the next couple of weeks, I really do believe that God is going to use you to 
to do some incredible stuff. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. All right, so we're going to pick it up today in Acts chapter 4. I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of context. I love hearing your Bibles flip. Man, bring your Bible with you. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to have a huge Bible up on the screen behind me. But I do want to let you know we're going to be in Acts chapter 4. And just to catch you up on where we're reading and what we're talking about, there's these guys named Peter and John. And so Peter's actually the dude that, that literally walked on water, kind of like what we sung about just a few minutes ago. This idea that he walked on water, he was like the, what I would call the cussing disciple, right? Like he was, he was the guy that like would do anything and then he'd fall back like really quickly, right? And so we, we know about Peter and John following Jesus. Well, Jesus has now been crucified. Jesus has been put into the ground, into the grave, and then he's gotten out of the grave and now he's alive. And the fact is, is that 10 days after that, uh, or 40 days after that, I'm sorry, he appeared to over 500 people about how he was alive. And he, hey, look at this. Like, let me show you, I'm, I'm actually alive. And then what happens is Jesus ascends to heaven. And then 10 days later, he sends the Holy Spirit to them. And as that happens, listen, Peter and John's lives are radically changed. Yes, they followed Jesus. And he said, hey, hey, go to this room, wait there for a few days. I'm going to send you the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit that's going to empower you and give you the abilities to do things that you could never do on your own. Right? And so that's what Peter and John did. And we find them in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit comes, and we're picking up in Acts chapter 4. But right before this, you've got to understand, things are happening. Like, this is the church being born. Like, this is the thing about it, that the church is being born, and, and, and like, there are miracles happening. There are people getting radically saved. They're praying for miracles right before this in Acts chapter 3. If you go and read that, what happened is there was a man that was crippled for 40 years that stood by or sat by the gate called Beautiful every day for 40 years. And, and again, what happened is Peter and John are walking to the temple that day, and guess what happens? In the name of Jesus, they heal this guy that was there for 40 years crippled. And he's walking around with him. It's crazy what goes on. So what begins to happen, though, is these things are happening. There's some people that are not liking it. Right? There's some people that aren't liking what's going on. There are these guys called the Sadducees, the religious teachers, the temple guards. And they believe that Peter and John, like they're starting like this cult movement known as the Way. Right? This Jesus movement is happening. And they're going to try and do whatever they can to suppress it. They're going to try to do whatever they can to blot it out. And so that's where we pick it up in Acts chapter 4. They've arrested Peter and John. They're writing to them, or they're telling them, hey, here, and then they begin to ask them a question. And that's where we pick it up in Acts chapter 4, verse 7. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. ready. Acts 4, verse 7 says this. They brought in the two disciples, and they demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter, watch this, says, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Watch what he says in verse 10. Like he's going to say, hey, y'all, I want everybody to know. I want all of you to know. Like don't get your story mixed up. Like this is how it happened. Like, like if, he, if he was a lady, he'd be snapping his fingers, all right? Like this is how it went down. Watch. Let me clearly state to all of you and all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. And I'm just crazy enough to believe that God is still in the healing, miracle-working business today. I believe we don't say serve a dead God. We serve a risen God, Jesus. Watch what the Bible says. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. 
Right there, that's a mic drop moment for my boys Peter and John. They could just drop the mic and walk off. They keep going. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. We're actually going to talk about that on Vision Sunday, three weeks from today. It's going to be great. Cannot wait for that. There is salvation, they say, in nobody else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Somebody say, that was bold. Yeah, that was bold that these guys are saying, yo, yo, I want everybody to know. Peter's saying, yo, you know what? Y'all killed him, but God raised him up. Y'all wanted him dead, but guess what? He's actually alive. And this would have set the Sadducees off. you got to understand that the Sadducees, there was a difference between you've heard of Pharisees and Sadducees. Well, the Sadducees did not believe in bodily resurrection. Did not believe that that would ever happen. And so Peter, bold enough to know who's in the room, ends up declaring, hey, you know what? God raised Jesus from the dead. And Jesus is now alive. And then, he, and then watch what happens in verse 13. As they declare this, watch what goes on. The members of the council were amazed. Somebody say, ah. Yeah, there you go. When ADHD is happening as we read. Okay. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John. I love that so much. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. And they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. I love that so much. See, they were blown away that these ordinary, everyday, regular guys were so bold about their faith. If you go back and you look at that word ordinary in the original language, the original language in the Greek language as it was written, the word is idiotas. So can you imagine what word we get in the English dictionary from that word, right? Idiot, okay? That, that, that's literally the word that was used to describe these guys. That they may have been unschooled, they may have been no really special value, but guess what? They were bold in their faith, and, watch, and, and look at what Jesus is doing when they were willing to be bold. Now think about that. What happens is, is as you're reading, you'll begin to see that there is a dilemma going on, right? There is an issue happening there. I don't even know what's like, 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 like these guys are like, okay, we got to gather together. The Sadducees and religious people are like, hey, we got to... Like, yo, we can't deny the fact that there's this dude that was crippled for 40 years, that was laying right there for 40 years, and now he's walking around with us. We can't deny that that took place because he's now standing in front of us. But, 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 but what we got to do is we got to s- somehow knock these guys down to where they are not preaching about Jesus. They're not talking about Jesus. And so they bring Peter and John in, bring them back in, and what begins to happen is they begin to threaten them. They say this, hey, don't preach, don't teach. Don't speak in the name of Jesus anymore, and if you do, guess what? We're going to arrest you, we're going to beat you, and we're potentially going to execute you, right? That's a bad day, okay? It's a bad day. And then watch what happens if you go on and read Peter and John, go and if you don't know what they do, they go and they pray. They go and they pray, and they don't pray something like what you and I probably would pray in that moment, because you and I probably would pray, you know what, Lord, would you handle the bad guys, Right? Like, would you take care of them? Lord, would you keep us safe? Would you, would, you, would you not let anything bad happen to us, God? Lord, help us be comfortable. That's probably what a lot of us would pray. Yet in the face of danger, in the face of death, in the face of, of all of that, Peter and John prayed a very dangerous prayer. Watch what it says, verse uh, number 29 of Acts chapter 4. It says, and now, O Lord, hear their threats. Lord, you know what they want to do to us. You know that they want, us, they, want to, they want to destroy us. They want us to not be preaching about you. Hear their threats. And watch what it says. And give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. I love that so much. 
I love that. And that's the prayer that we're going to talk about today. And it's this prayer that I'm going to challenge all of us in this room. If we will begin to pray this, just get ready. But it's this prayer, really simple, make me bold. Lord, would you make me bold? I know that's very simple, it's very elementary, but I believe as you will begin to pray that, it is a very dangerous prayer. That as you would begin to say, Lord, would you make me bold? Lord, would you give me an unshakable spiritual conviction and courage and faith to say yes to you and what you want for me no matter what it costs me? Even though it may cost me everything, Lord, make me bold. If you and I will begin to do that, I promise you there's going to be some change that happens in our life. And I got, this, I got this question for you that I want all of you to answer just to yourself. How amazed would people be, as they just said about them, right? They were amazed at, how, at these guys, these everyday ordinary guys. They were amazed at them. How, my question for you and I would be, how amazed are people at yours and my boldness for Jesus? Right? How amazed are people at yours and my boldness for Jesus? On a scale of 1 to 10, would you just, just take a second for you just to see where you are, where you land in that? On that scale, I would give you kind of some measurements to go by. A 10 being like, hey, nobody has to question where you stand. Like you, you'll tell them, and sometimes you don't even have to speak because they already know the answer of what you, you, are, you, are, you, you follow Jesus. You love Jesus. Like that's on a boldness scale, that's a 10. But maybe if you're on the other end, maybe towards a 1 or a 2, maybe, maybe you work with somebody that, that every single day you're in the office next to, and y'all get to talking after y'all been in the office for a few years, and, and guess what? They look at you and they say, oh, I didn't know you was a Christian. Wow, me too. Okay, that's a one or a two, okay? All right? So, so where are you at in that scale? And on, on a scale of one to ten, and, and you may probably be thinking, you know what, Dustin? I'm just not a very bold person. That's just not my personality. I'm not very outspoken like that. Here, let me encourage you with something. I want, it's not going to be up on the screen, but you may want to write this down. Is that boldness is not a personality trait. Boldness is not a personality trait because you know what? I've seen people that are timid, introverted, quiet, reserved people speak boldly about their faith. Right? We got a chance to watch a couple people of them do that last week up here. Uh, that they were sharing their faith boldly. A lot of these people were uncomfortable doing that, but there was something about it that was not their nature to be bold, but they were willing to share the gospel. And I've also seen people that are generally outspoken, that are loud, that are confident people also shrink back. Whenever it comes to spiritual opposition. So I want you to know, boldness is not a personality trait. I believe boldness is an indication that you have been with Jesus and that it is a result of his Holy Spirit in your life. That's what boldness is. That's really what it is. Watch what he says. They keep praying. God, would you give us your servants boldness, great boldness in preaching your word. Verse 30. It says, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Watch what happens, verse 31. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. And it wasn't because the speakers were real loud like ours are, right? It wasn't because of that. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then, somebody say then. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. See, after prayer, I love that. After this prayer, they didn't have to like psych themselves up, right? Like probably a lot of us would have to do. If we, if we were thinking about it, they didn't have to turn on like some jams to get going, like, like jock jams, pump, pump the jam, pump it up. No, no, we had to do that. No, I have to do that. No, no, it says this. After they prayed, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and then they preached with boldness. See, a lot of times when we talk about Holy Spirit in the church, some people get really weird. 
right? And it's probably based off of what you've gone through, the experiences that you had in your life. And I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit is vital for you as a Christian. And if you're going to walk out the thing that God has called you to do, you're going to have to have the Holy Spirit's empowerment within you to say yes to impossible things that you would normally say no to. And I just think it's so important for you and I that the Holy Spirit's job, guess what it's to do in my life? It's to convict me. It's to correct me. It's to comfort me. The Holy Spirit's job, his job is to guide me. It's to give me gifts. It's to empower me to do more than I ever could do on my own. And I just believe as you and I begin to pray, Lord, make me bold, you better get ready. Tap your neighbor say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Yeah, get ready. Because I'm just telling you, you're going to have to have some Holy Spirit boldness because there's going to be some things that God is going to ask of you to do. There's different ways that you can be bold. Understand there's different ways. That does not mean that you announce to the whole office, hey, we're going to do a PowerPoint presentation at lunch and then give an invitation at the end. That ain't what I'm talking about, right? Not necessarily the kind of boldness I'm talking about. But I am talking about boldness that maybe you are walking through your week with a, um, a, 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 a person at the office or at your school or whatever, and they're having a tough week, and you would begin to say, hey, you know what? I, I'm, I'm a person that prays. I believe in the power of prayer. Can I pray with you? You know what? For some of us in the room, that's a bold step to take. You know what? That's a bold step. Maybe for some of us, we're in a meeting and something inappropriate may be said. And in a loving way, you may say, hey, 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 no, no. No, we're better than that. Let's not do that. Let's not say that. Maybe for some of us, it's this idea of uh, you get a text message from somebody that's trying to gossip about somebody else, and it would be very bold of you to say, hey, you know what, I'm not going to be a part of that, I don't know that we really need to do that, I don't really know that we need to be saying that, because I don't know them very well, why don't you go to them if you have a problem? That would be pretty bold to say, right? That would be a wild thing to say. Maybe some of you, it's this idea that you're going to dress modestly. It's pretty bold in a world, in a culture that says, hey, let everything and everybody see everything, right? That, that's what the culture says. It's going to be bold for you to take a stand to dress modestly. Maybe for you, it's in a dating relationship that you're not hooking up before marriage. It's what God has instituted. I want to challenge you. That's a bold statement. Maybe it's a boldness inside of you that's saying, you know what, I'm going to invite them. I'm going to bring them to church with me. Maybe it's a boldness where you're going to confess an unconfessed sin that's been uh, festering on the inside of you for so long. Maybe it's a boldness to begin to every single day start by reading your Bible or beginning to give or sharing your faith or coming to 21 days of prayer and fasting. I just believe, what would it look like if a church full of five, 600 people this week began praying, just this week, Jesus, make me bold? What would that look like? What would our schools look like as we start school? What would our workplaces look like? I think they would look a lot different if we were willing to say, Lord, make me bold. So I'm going to give everybody this challenge. Yes, I want you to come to 21 days of prayers and prayer and fasting at 6 a.m. Yes, that's early. Yes, I know. Um, but I'm asking you to do that if you can make it. We follow along with an incredible church called Church of the Highlands. They do the worship. We spend time in prayer. We spend time getting a word from a pastor named Pastor Chris Hodges and some other guys. And it is a good time to center your day at 6 a.m. But then I'm going to ask you on your phone right now, why don't you go ahead and make a note at 1.27 p.m. every day that we're going to pray, Lord, make me bold today. That every single day. Go ahead and get your phone out. It's okay. It's okay. Get your phone out right now in church. It's cool. Right, 127. You know why 127? That's the day that this church launched. 0127, 2019, just a few years ago, we had a chance to launch at one, uh, on, on January 27th, 2019. And every day we spent for a long time 
praying at 127. I'm going to ratchet that back up and ask you to do the same thing. Would you every single day commit to praying at 127? Lord, just this week, just start this week, really simple prayer. Lord, make me bold. Make me bold. God, would you make me bold every single day? If we will do that, I'm telling you, I believe that there's going to be some things that happen that you got to be ready for, all right? Three things you got to be ready for. If you're ready for those three things for me to share them with you, say, I'm ready. All right, Lord, if we make me bold, there's a couple things that boldness is going to do. A couple things that praying that prayer is going to do. Boldness activates spiritual opposition. Just know that, that boldness activates spiritual opposition. See, I want you to know that Peter and John are praying, Lord, hey, make us bold as we're sharing your word. Make us bold as we preach your word. And they keep preaching, and miracles keep happening, and people keep getting saved, and the high priest, religious leaders, keep getting madder and madder, right? They're getting mad, and they're furious. Watch what happens in Acts 5, 18, right? They arrested the apostles and put them into the public jail. Like, if everybody's counting, that's two times in one week, okay? Some of y'all, that sounds like a spring break trip from college. That's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about preaching the gospel winds them up in jail. Twice in one week. Twice. And so, so me think, a lot of times whenever we're following Jesus, when we're making bold moves for Jesus, so many times we're thinking, oh my goodness, like what's going on? Why is this happening? I'm serving Jesus and like everything's not going well, right? Like everything is not going the way I thought it was supposed to. And this is what I want to challenge some of us today because we believe a lot of times that serving Jesus is a formula for everything going perfectly for our life. But let me challenge you today that when you serve Jesus, there will be opposition. There will be opposition. And here's the deal. I don't worry when there is opposition for my obedience to saying yes to the things of God. I worry when there isn't because maybe I'm not being obedient to what God has called me to do. So I'm going to challenge you, would you begin to pray, make me bold. And as you do that, just get ready, because there's going to be some opposition coming your way. Make me bold, Lord, and the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll find yourself standing up for Jesus. And guess what? It is not going to go necessarily the way you thought. You may not get invited to that party. People may talk about you. People may make fun of you. You may not get that promotion. But I want to challenge you, as you pray that, just get ready. And this is the idea. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, then you're not ready to be used by God. And I know that's strong. I know that's strong there for us to hear and us to see. But I want to challenge some of us today. If you and I aren't ready to pray this prayer, make me bold, and the opposition's coming, then I believe that you and I aren't ready for God to use us. That we're not willing to say, hey, you know what? I, I know in the middle of what I'm going through that there's going to be some tough times, but I'm going to pray it anyway. Lord, make me bold. 127. Make me bold. I'm going to pray it. Make me bold today. Everybody good? That's one. Number two. Say, say number two. Number two is this idea that boldness also releases God's miracles. Like, so you need to understand that as you pray, God, make me bold. Not only is there going to be spiritual opposition, but even in the middle of the opposition, God is going to have some miracles that do take place. Watch what happens. Again, the verse right after this, verse 19 of Acts 5, it said that, hey, the verse before, they arrested them, put them into jail. Then watch what happens. An angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. That's how Luke writes that. But guess what? I'd be throwing some exclamation points on that, y'all. Come on, somebody, right? If you know anything about me, like when I text back, like I use a lot of exclamation points. Like it is something for our staff. They make fun of me all the time. Like, are you that excited? Oh, yes, I'm that excited all the time. 
but like it's exclamation points, and if I don't use an exclamation point, like it ain't me or I'm, something's wrong, okay? Like, like one of the two. And hey, yo, if I'm writing this in, in Acts chapter 5, I'm putting exclamation marks right there. Like I'm letting everybody know, like, yo, this is a, I would be on the way out to jail with the angel, I'd be taking a selfie. Just clicking, right? I'm going to let everybody know, like, yo, this is a big, stinking deal what's happening. But Luke says, you know what they were doing? They were preaching, they were praying, and an angel of the Lord shows up and opens the jail like it wasn't no big deal. And I got to thinking about that. When you walk in obedience to God, you're not surprised by the miracles of God. If you're willing to say, you know what, God, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to say yes to wherever you tell me to go and yes to whatever you ask me to do. When you do that, it's not that you're not thankful for them. Absolutely, we're thankful for the miracles of God. You're just not surprised by them. Why? Because that's just what God does, that he just shows up, that he's just faithful. Has there ever been a time in your life where, guess what, you prayed, you were obedient, and God showed up time after time after time again? If there's anybody that that's ever happened to, come on, can we give God a big shout of praise of thankfulness all over this place. I don't know. Are you a thankful people for what God has done? Is anybody thankful that he showed up even in times that I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen? But this boldness releases God's miracles. If you would be willing to pray, God, make me bold. Maybe it's going to be the miracle of somebody you never thought would come to church sitting next to you next Sunday. Maybe it's the miracle of, oh my gosh, like, wow, I never, I, it's, it's been a hard road. I never expected it to, to end like this in a good way. I never expected them to, to make that turn of faith. I never expected that really to happen. I was praying for it. But man, I'm telling you, boldness releases the miracles of God. And bold obedience often reveals the miraculous work and power of the God that we serve. I'm going to challenge you. Would you pray that? Would you be a person that says, God, make me bold. And I'm going to land a plane on this right here. I'm going to land it right here. God, make me bold. Boldness. It's going to activate some opposition. Boldness is going to release some of God's miracles. But here's the thing I want you also to know. Boldness always requires faith. Like, like I don't think you ever be bold and it not have any faith. Like, it was a bold thing for Peter to step out of the boat and to walk on water. Required some faith. Required him to do that. Look at what happens as these guys pray. God, would you make us bold? God, as we preach your word, would you make us bold? And guess what happens? You know what? An angel of the Lord comes, opens up the, the, the prison walls. They walk out. And watch what happens as God gives them this call, as God gives this, them this assignment in verse 20. Now you guys are free. Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. I love that. That's what I want our church to be. It's a life-giving church. That there's nothing better than Jesus. Nothing better than that. Watch me said, give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told. Watch what it says. And they immediately began teaching. So God was telling these guys, you know what, guys? Go and do the very same thing that got you arrested twice last week. Go and do the very same thing that got you arrested and beaten and potentially killed down the road. You know what I want you to do? I want you to keep doing that thing. I want you to keep going and doing that thing. Go, go do that again. What happens is, is that when you and I begin to pray, God, would you make me bold? There are going to be opportunities for you and I to exhibit boldness. And it's going to take some faith. And it's going to really test our faith of the one that we say our faith is really in. And I'm going to ask you this week as you pray, make me bold. Make me bold. Make me bold. There's a decision in front of you that's not going to make sense. 
There, there, there is a step that's going to be really risky. There is a, a plan that you're not going to have all the details to. There is a, a cost that it may cost you something. Something that's going to take place, and it's going to require your faith. Now think about it, and I, I told this to our first service, and I get emotional thinking about you guys so often. Allie and I, we pray for you every day, and we love you so much. And I, I'm just, it, it flabbergasted me that we get to just do this. And I, I, uh, I'm really thankful because, again, on that 27th day of January 2019, I, I really do see it. I know it sounds funny, but I've seen this picture before. I've seen your faces and just seen, you know, have seen kind of this idea of, of, of what Purpose Church could become and what it's going to be. And, again, I believe we're just getting started. But I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm scared to death to do this. And alongside of some incredible people, alongside of some friends, family that are still here with us. I mean, there, there was a step that, that required some faith. I had no idea if anybody was going to show up. And some of you, what I, what I want you to know is that in 2019 of January, like you weren't even in Murray, Kentucky. But I want you to know that because, not, 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 not tooting our own horn by any means, but because of God's faithfulness, when you and I act in obedience, you never know what kind of things God may set in motion when you have one bold, obedient step. And I want to ask you, listen, guys, let's be a bold church. Let's be a, a church that says, you know what? I know what Jesus has done for me, just like Peter and John did. And you know what? I can't stay quiet. I can't keep it to myself. I got to let everybody know. I'm going to begin to be bold every day. And here's my thing. I think so many times we pray for comfort, but you will never fulfill your purpose inside of your comfort zone. You'll never fulfill it. So I'm asking you this week, would you pray it every day? Every single day, would you pray, God, make me bold? And I believe that some of you need to be taking a bold step today because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And I'm so glad that you're here at Purpose Church. Listen, this is the place for you that you can belong before you believe. I want you to be a part of this place, but I, I, I believe it's a place it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. In fact, that God is calling you to something more. And I believe that for some of you today is a relationship with him first. So I'm going to ask you, you, that may be the bold step that you've got to take. I need a relationship with Jesus. I don't need religion. I don't, I, I don't need church membership. I need a relationship with Jesus. If that's you and you're in this place, listen, I'm so glad that you're here. And I believe that, that Jesus offers you and I forgiveness and an invitation into the family of God. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room? You're in this place. You're saying, hey, I, I've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus. I don't have Jesus in my life. I want you to know that, that Jesus is the way that our, our prayers, like it's, it's the bridge that get our prayers to God. And I want you to know that Jesus died for you and I. I want you to know that all of us have sinned, the Bible tells us, and fallen short of the glory of God, including a guy with a microphone in his hands. Many times never have to teach our kids how to sin. They just know it, right? All of us are that way. I want you to know that even while we were still sinning, the Bible tells us that Christ died for us. Even while we were laughing in his face, even while we wanted nothing to do with him, even when we wanted to do our own thing, Jesus stepped in anyway. And the Bible says that there has to be a payment made for sin. That either you're going to accept what Jesus did on the cross or you will spend eternity paying for your own sin apart from God. But what I love is that God loved us so much 
The Bible tells us, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he loved you and me so much that he gave his one and only son. And if we will put our faith in him, if we will trust him, if we believe in him, we will not perish but have everlasting life. How do I put my trust in him, Dustin? How do I put my faith in him? Well, the Bible's clear on that too. I was reading this week in Romans chapter 10, and the Bible tells us that, hey, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So maybe you're in here and you need to give your heart to Jesus today. You need to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you need to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. I'm going to help you with that confession of your mouth. If you want to repeat something like this, it can be something like this, but I want you to really be a heart, a heart profession where you say, Jesus, I want you to save me. I believe you gave your life for me. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you got out of the grave. And I put my full trust in you today. I accept what you did. Forgive me of my sins. Be Lord of my life today. Maybe that's you. Maybe you prayed that. Maybe you prayed something like that, but you meant it in your heart. I'm just going to tell you, man, that's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. And we're going to be a church that celebrates that, that, that is excited about that name that's excited about your new name, that you have a new identity, that being in Christ. And I just want to tell you that we're so proud of you, and we want to be a church that walks alongside of you in this new journey with Jesus. So maybe you're here, and you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus. We want to know about it. We want you to tell somebody. I think you got to tell somebody in your family or tell a, a friend. But even more than that, we'd love for you if you'd tell us. Let us know that you made that decision. There's a couple ways that you could do that. Up here at the end of our service, we got our, my, my friends on the right, your left. We've got our incredible people that want to just uh, just encourage you, want to give you a Bible. It's our prayer team that's over here. They want to give you a Bible, want to give you a, a new believer's guide, let you know that, man, we love you. We're cheering you on. We're here for you. We want to be alongside of you as this new journey begins with Jesus. And, man, we're just so thankful for that. That's one way that you can let us know. Or you can actually text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. That also lets us know. We'll follow up with you this week because we want you to know how much we love you, we care about you, and more importantly, that God loves you, God cares about you, and that there is a party going on in heaven when one person meets Jesus. And so, Purpose Church, why don't we do this? While you're still seated, can we give God the loudest ovation that we've given Him all week long? Thanking Him for saving people in this place. Yeah, I love that. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.